Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 10. And this week, we are continuing our discussion on middle school. So sit back, relax, and let's go back in our minds to a time when the phrase taking a break meant standing outside your gym in the blazing sun, drinking from a can of Coke, eating a Snickers bar that you bought from your PE teacher who was pulling double duty as the concession booth cashier, and they could not have been more unhappy about it. Let's get started. I've always felt that middle school was a big deal for me, and I said that last episode, but I also thought maybe it is just you. Maybe you were the only person that put this much weight on your middle school experience those three years, but after I've talked to friends and family this week and also your responses that you've sent in about middle school, I have realized that no, it is a big deal for everybody. And something that's so interesting to me is that while all of your stories are unique to you, we all seem to share the same emotions and they all seem to fit into the same categories. We kind of had a very similar universal middle school experience with just slightly different circumstances thrown in. And so I've made two decisions this week. Um, in approaching this episode. So one is that I'm going to keep everybody's comments and stories and responses anonymous this week, mainly because a lot of the things you guys sent in were really funny and I did laugh, but then some of them were pretty traumatic and heavy and very vulnerable. And I just don't want to have anybody listen to this episode, if you know the person possibly that I'm talking about, like even from their first name, I don't want anybody to be able to put two and two together and be like, oh, I bet they're talking about this person. And I just want to be, you know, to honor the vulnerability of some of these stories because they are hard. And um, there have been a few people that have written in and asked me not to share their stories on the podcast episode. And I definitely will honor that. So Rather than reading everybody's names, which, you know, I love to give you guys credit, but this time we're just going to keep it anonymous. So, and if you're planning on sending in, you can still send in um, stories because the second decision is it's too much to put into two episodes. So we're actually going to do a three-parter. So next week we'll be doing our third and final middle school episode. So if you have something you want to share, feel free to send it in. And also, again, if you do not want me to talk about it, um, on the episode, please let me know. And we can just talk about it, you know, in our emails and DMs and that will be just fine. The other thing I did want to address is I had several people ask me the picture that I put on Instagram and Facebook of my sixth grade picture. Yes, that is sixth grade. I am not like a fourth grader. I've had a lot of people tell me that I looked like a small child. And it's funny to me because I was a very tall middle schooler, but I had the face... <laughs> of an eight-year-old, evidently. I I was looking back at that picture, and it is definitely sixth grade. That was taken the fall of our sixth grade year. But I was it really just highlighted to me how much of a little kid I really was and how much we all are little kids in sixth grade. Um, 11-year-olds are little kids. They are babies. And I think that's why the shock of middle school for a lot of us is so intense because we are still little children. So yes, I just wanted to <laughs> make that clear. I did not cheat and put a fourth grade picture. That is that is yours truly with her chiclet teeth and extremely thick glasses and uh, permed bangs. Okay, so let's start middle school part two. 
So the biggest response I had was talking about PE. (laughs) And it's really funny because some people wrote in that they loved middle school and they loved PE and it was so much fun and how they got to play games with their friends. And some people realized that they loved sports for the first time and got on basketball teams and things like that. That was a small percentage of you. (laughs) For the most part, it was horror stories (laughs) about PE. Um, A lot of you also wrote in about getting to square dance, and I did not get to do that. I feel pretty cheated, actually. And I think that our school system did it in elementary school, the square dancing, so I missed out on that completely. I would have loved to have been able to square dance instead of play softball, which I was also bad at. Maybe I would have been really good. (laughs) Maybe this would have been my, like, one skill that was athletic that I could have done. I could do si do with abandon. But no, we didn't get to do that. Um, I do know when, like, I think my freshman year, we had to learn how to do the Macarena in Spanish class. So that's the closest I got to dancing as, like, an organized group. But for the most part, all of your stories <laughs> involved um, the presidential fitness test. Or the president's fitness test, I think it was. I actually looked this up. Um, yeah, the president's fitness test. Um, this was disbanded in 2013. So we did this for a long time to children. <laughs> I dreaded that test every year from sixth grade through eighth grade. And I think we even did it in high school too, in some way. But from what I remember, and what most of you are telling me, it, it consisted of the three things that everyone remembers the most. One is uh, the sit-up challenge. Then there was the pull-up challenge. And then there was the running of the mile. And in that order, um, that's a, the, my amount of dread from like least to greatest Weirdly enough, at that time, I could do sit-ups. And I remember like surprising Coach Maddox, our PE teacher, with the amount of sit-ups that I could do in a minute. I don't remember the actual number, but I know it was higher than what she anticipated. So it was the only area in which I shined for a very brief period, <laughs> for like one year. Probably by seventh grade, I was about to be like, Ugh! but you know, sixth grade, I knocked it out of the park. And then there were the the pull-up challenges, which I never, ever could do. I'm always, you know, in awe in movies of people in these action-adventure movies where they're, like, hanging off the side of a building because I would immediately die. I have literally no upper body strength. If it involves pulling yourself up onto something, oh, I'm a goner. Like, if there is any natural disaster or accident in which I am left hanging and have to rely on my own upper body strength to save my life, you can just put a tombstone over me. It is over. But I can remember (laughs) I could not pull myself up at all. I could just hang there. (laughs) And so (laughs) Coach Maddox and I think another teacher, I think it may have been Coach Brown, they would get below you and and, in a really humiliating turn of events in front of everybody, they would hoist me up. And they did this to other children too. It wasn't just me, but it felt like it was just me. Hoist me up into the air and they'd be like, okay, we're going to let you go. And you just see how long you can hold yourself up. They would let go and I would immediately plummet to the earth <laughs> just to be hanging there like a sack of potatoes. So I never passed that portion. And then the worst of it all was the running of the mile day because you guys, <laughs> that was terrible. And it, it doesn't help that I am the palest person that I know still to this day. I don't know if I've met anyone really that is paler than me. And unfortunately, because I am so pale, 
I also have blood vessels that are very close to the skin. And so if I do any kind of exercise or if I get hot at all, I turn pink. I look like a tomato. So everyone is always concerned for my physical well-being. I can remember one time in seventh grade after we ran the mile, I came in to English class and my teacher, Mrs. Lowe, was like, hey, you're very red. I was like, I know. And she said, have your, have your parents checked your blood pressure? And I was like, no. And it, but it really had nothing to do with my physical health. I just got very pink. So there was that. And then I would always start out running the mile really fast because in my mind, I was like, you can do this. You can knock this out. I think it was like four or five. I can't remember if it was four or five laps around our little football field outside our middle school. That was a mile. And I always remember thinking, that's not that many. You can do it. And there were other kids in our class that would just, I mean, they were like rockets. They would just take off and, and be done in like five or six minutes. And I was always like, I can do this too. So I would start off running 90 to nothing. And then we'd get to like the first curve and I thought I was going to die. And so I'd have to stop and walk. But I would also be humiliated by the fact that I could not uh, breathe like a normal person. <laughs> while I was doing this. So if anybody that I found attractive, like any guy that I thought was cute, ran by me in this in this moment, I would hold my breath while they were running by me. And they were obviously lapping me also. So this happened a couple times um, so that they couldn't hear me. And then as soon as that they passed, I'd re- revert back to my Darth Vader, <laughs> breathing like a dying uh, person. And so P.E., no, thank you. Uh, fitness test, running the mile. Uh, pass. Thanks. I also remember in eighth grade, the one time that I really got into playing touch football, I <laughs> was playing and I, I caught the ball. And everybody on my team was shocked, including myself. I couldn't believe I caught it. Like, it, And not only did I catch it, I believe I like intercepted it. And I took off running. I mean, I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. I am doing it. So I'm running and I can like faintly hear people behind me yelling something, but I'm not listening because I just assumed it was the other team being like, stop her. So I kept going. I get to the end zone and I, I mean, I spike the ball. I was like, look at me. I made a touchdown. And in that moment, my friend Wes said, you ran the wrong way. <laughs> so in effect, I sort of made a touchdown for the other team. And it was my team yelling at me to, to run the other way. So I never quite got it. it. It was never a good time for me. So if you've enjoyed PE, I mean, you're a unicorn. <laughs> I don't know what, I cannot relate to you. I don't understand. But I'm glad that some of you really enjoyed it. But yes, that was a, a lot of the responses that I got were the same things. The pull-up test, not being able to do it. Um falling. A lot of people fell (laughs) and hurt themselves. Um, Cheerleading, learning different dance moves, you know, all of these things were things that I didn't do, but uh, I enjoyed reading about them. So thank you. So kind of in the same category as PE are the health classes that we took and the information we learned they're in, if you get my drift. A lot of the responses I got had to deal with this. And so, okay, here's the deal. 
My niece Madeline is 10 years old and she listens to the podcast. And so when I'm recording episodes, I try to keep her in mind and I try to keep the topics to things that she won't have to ask what to Holly later on. So I am going to talk here about some birds and bees topics, not graphically, but if you have kids and they're listening to this episode, if you want to fast forward a little bit to avoid some maybe uncomfortable questions or things that you're not ready to talk about yet, that is absolutely fine. So I'm going to give you a a moment. I'm going to pause so you can fast forward. So here we go. Okay, let's talk about it. So everything that I ever really learned about sex education the majority of it I learned in middle school. When I entered sixth grade, I didn't know anything. And by the time I left, probably the end of sixth grade, I felt like I was, uh, I knew a lot. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. We all had to take a class. And I, I just, I remember it because it was during PE. They pulled all of us aside. Now, I remember, and guys, if you went to school with me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember as being, a time that we separated the boys and the girls. So like the boys had their own talk and then we had ours and I'm not sure why we did that. I guess they were just trying to keep us calm and, you know, not being so immature, I guess. Cause you know, I'm sure a lot of us would have been laughing, but we had to watch a video and it was very informative <laughs> and it really talked about everything that went on biologically about babies and, and how we reached the baby phase <laughs> And I do remember looking around the room while we're watching this video and seeing on almost everybody's face that they did not know as much as they thought they did. (laughs) You know, everybody thought that they were like well-educated and there were kids that, you know, really loved to talk about it and in lots of different ways. But we all during that class, I think everybody kind of walked away being like, I did not know that. Now, there were some kids that did know everything and they loved to tell all of us about their knowledge. Um, in various ways. But I remember leaving that health class, that one in particular, with a lot of unease (laughs) and a lot of panic about what the rest of my life might entail. (laughs) And like, just not knowing like this is, this cannot be a good thing. Um, So hormones and all of that were just very, very difficult. (laughs) I also remember um, somebody else wrote in and talked about how like, um, and this kind of goes back to PE, but it also is the health kind of thing. Like it was the first time that you had to start changing clothes and like in a locker room. And so you're trying to change clothes without like everybody seeing everything. And I remember that too, because I was a shy kid and surprise, surprise, but I didn't want to be that girl that was just like, this is me. But there were girls in my class that did not care. I was not one of those girls. I definitely was trying to find a corner to slink into. Um, But there were some girls that really, you know, were very body confident. I also had so many of you send messages about the shame of having to wear your jacket around your waist at some point in middle school. And every girl that is listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. You know, everybody between sixth and eighth grade, at some point, we started our period for the most part. And it was one of those things that was so weird because if you hadn't started your period by eighth grade, you felt like you were way behind. And then I talked to friends that started before sixth grade and they didn't want to talk about it because they were embarrassed that they were, that they had had their period. They felt like that was weird. And, you know, it's so stupid (laughs) that 
wearing a jacket around your waist kind of signaled to everybody that there had been an accident and, you know, you were open to being made fun of. The fact that anybody would make fun of girls for this is ridiculous to me now as an adult, but it happened. I'm sure it's still happening. Um, The stigma that surrounds it uh, is stupid. And then one thing that guys and girls both wrote in about as being a really hard thing was acne. You know, you went to bed one night and your skin was clear and you woke up in the morning and suddenly it was, you know, it had betrayed you. And that was tough. It lasted for years sometimes. Like sometimes that went all the way through high school and sometimes into college. And, you know, especially in the 90s, there was not much we could do about it. You either went to the dermatologist and got actual medication, which a lot of people I know did, or you had to go to Kmart and get, you had two choices. You had Noxema and you had like Neutrogena. And that was about all you could do or clean. And, did we even have clean and clear? I can't remember. I can still smell Noxema. That was like acid for your face. Because <laughs> there, was, there was only one kind and it was that blue tub of Noxema cream and it smelled like straight up alcohol. <laughs> like you could just, oh, and sea breeze. That was the other thing. It was the astringent. I can remember washing my face with Noxema and it would sting. Nothing is good for you if you get in the shower and you're putting it on your face and it hurts. Like <laughs> It stings. Um, your eyes, especially. Um, it would sting. And then you would get out and your face would be red and raw from the noxema. And then you would soak a cotton pad in sea breeze astringent in that blue. It looked like mouthwash. And then you put that on your face. I don't remember ever putting moisturizer. Like that wasn't even, no one even said anything about that. Oil was our enemy in every way. You just wanted to have like squeaky clean skin. So everybody just looked raw and scrubbed all the time. And it was traumatic for everybody. I mean, everybody just, you know, waking up in the morning and having a zit could ruin not just your day, but like your week. And and also like sometimes they would crop up in the middle of the day and you didn't know it until you got home and then you were mortified. You're like, how long has that thing been on my nose? I don't know. So, yes, that was awful. And then several of you also wrote in about having your own hairy legs experience. Girls, I'm so sorry. I felt, I feel your pain. It's, it's, it was awful. And thankfully, a lot of you had parents finally that, you know, and my mom finally also did realize that it was time to uh, take the razor to the leg. <laughs> but, you know, some people didn't and they had to just suffer. And um, I had so many people write in about having their first shaving experience where they just nicked themselves crazy and had band-aids everywhere because we didn't know how to do it. <laughs> um, thankfully, I will say the one thing my mom did, my mom got me an electric razor. Finally, I think like in seventh grade, um, which didn't work that well, <laughs> but it did save me from all of the, the different nicks um, and cuts. So I am thankful for that, but man, guys, our bodies, it, it's a, it was a, it was a hard three years. So this one is a little hard to talk about because it feels pretty vulnerable for me too. But so many of you wrote in about this, especially girls. In fact, this was pretty much, this was all girls. Um, And it's just body image issues that started, really started in middle school. And I had always been aware of my body being different than most of my friends. Like I said, I was tall. I was very tall. By eighth grade, I was about 5'10". I had um, 
pretty much re- reached my full height. I'm six feet now, so I still had two more inches to go. But by eighth grade, I was I was at five ten. So, um, but I was always larger, and I I was aware of it for a lot of different reasons that had nothing to do with middle school. But middle school made it worse, absolutely did, because everybody noticed. <laughs> And it was pointed out to me a lot. We talked a lot about some of those mean girls, um, and a lot of it was was because of them. Um, but some of it was just, you know, guys would say things, just offhanded comments. But it, it wasn't even just the kids. There were some adults that really did not help matters. I can remember in seventh grade, in science class, our teacher, we were, I think we were studying converting pounds into kilograms or something like that. It was something in that like metric system kind of thing. And she made all of us weigh ourselves in class, announce our weight, and ha- we had to figure out how to convert it into kilograms. And guys, that's so dumb. <laughs> I look back at that, at the age I am now, and think how stupid and how cruel. Because yes, the majority of kids in our seventh grade class were small. But I know I wasn't the only one that had a larger framed body. And it was absolutely humiliating and anxiety-inducing to have to stand in front of your class and announce your weight, as a girl especially. Um, and, like, that is burned into my brain. I still remember the weight. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it's, like, it's nobody's business. But, I mean, it really, really stuck with me. And it was hard. And a lot of the adults that said things and did things were well-meaning, but it didn't help. You know, any talking to anybody about their own body weight, when you are not a medical professional, especially, and you are not related to that person, is it, a big no-no, and it should be. And honestly, even if you are related to that person, sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut about that too, because there are things that I decided about who I was in middle school and about my body not being good enough. And I decided that it made me unlovable and not worthy. And just a lot of things were honestly just absolute lies. I learned those lies and accepted them as truths in middle school. And I'm in my 40s now, and I am just now starting to realize how harmful that period of time was for me as a developing girl. You know, when you are 11, 12, 13, if you have teen on the end of your age, it is such a tumultuous time and everything is always changing. Your height is changing. Your body is changing. You're figuring everything out and people really just need to let you do it. And if I could go back, that is one thing I wish I could change. I wish I had realized that these people, although they meant well, were mistaken And they didn't need to tell me any of the things that they told me, the majority of what they said. Now, I'm not saying that there are not issues in which we do need to intervene medically for people for their own safety, but just in general, let, leave girls alone, (laughs) leave us alone. So if you have a middle schooler right now, you know, especially a girl, you need to get in to know that in her head, all of this stuff is going on all of the time. She's constantly comparing herself And I think next episode, I really want to get into present day middle school more because I think social media has changed it so much. TikTok and Instagram, girls are comparing themselves in ways that we never, you know, in the 80s, 90s and before that had to deal with. It's a whole other ballgame. 
And also, if you have a middle schooler right now, I think it's so important to teach them to be kind <laughs> and, and that some things are just off limits. We don't talk about people's bodies. We can compliment people on all of their good qualities, their smile, their hair, their outfits, but we just don't need to talk about people's bodies. And this is for children and for adults. So that is my PSA for this episode. So now as sort of a palate cleanser towards the end of the episode, I want to talk about a few things that you guys sent in that I had just forgotten about. So the first one is the scoliosis test. (laughs) I, you guys, I had completely forgotten about how they would, you know, take you out of class. And usually, again, it was PE. But sometimes it seems like I remember being called out of just like history class. And you would be, you know, I think we were always in the library into like one of the back rooms and like you go in one at a time and they'd make you bend over with that like ruler thing and they would do that scoliosis test. And I just lived in fear that I was going to stand up and they'd be like, you got it. <laughs> You've got a curved spine. And then I would have to show up the next day in a full body brace and be like that for like years. And there, you know, there are people that that did happen to and that had to wear those body braces. And it just, we all lived in fear of scoliosis. And it seems like we also had to have a lice test at the same time. I think that went on through a few years of middle school. Um, thankfully, I was always negative on that as well. Um, so yeah, the scoliosis fear. And then um, chicken pox. Like several people mentioned getting chicken pox in middle school because they ended up getting it from little brothers and sisters when they didn't get it in elementary school. I was one of those kids. My sister was in, I think she was, yeah, she was in fourth grade or no, third grade when I was in sixth grade. And so she got the chicken pox in third grade and my parents like intentionally exposed me to her. So I would also get it. And I did. And then I had to come back to school and it was like, I just had like, it looked like intense dandruff because <laughs> like, I had all of those chicken pox that were in my, you know, those scabs that were in my hair. And I just remember sitting in class and like scratching my head and then like being horrified and hoping that nobody noticed what was happening and, you know, coming out of my head. Um, so chicken pox. Um, someone also mentioned uh, Channel One News. Oh my gosh, y'all. I had forgotten all about that. Lisa Ling was on it and Anderson Cooper with brown hair. Um, that was just like his first thing. But we watched that every morning. Um, Channel One News. I also remember in 1992, it was when Bill Clinton got elected and they did like the faux voting. Like we got to, was it Rock the Vote? I think it was called or something. And our our school participated in that. And it was where you would, we did like a fake voting thing. And I think Bill Clinton won for our school. And um, I just remember that being like, a, it's the first time that I really be, was aware of a presidential election. Um, somebody else wrote in about those tests that you had to take. We did this in high school too, but it started in middle school. Those tests you took where you like filled out all of these like questions about yourself and then they tally your results. And then you would get, um, a printout that said who you should be dating. (laughs) And it was always somebody I had like a huge crush on, um, that would come back that I should be dating. And I can remember just like, you know, looking at them longingly across the cafeteria being like, you should be mine. Um, unfortunately, our moons never aligned because <laughs> they were not into me. Um, or you would have like a match that was like someone that you despised. <laughs> and you were just like, these people are crazy. But you would get so excited for that that test. I can't remember what it was called. So there's lots more I want to touch on next episode. Um, one being romantic relationships 
in middle school. Um, I really enjoyed reading those stories because it brought back so many memories and it's so funny. And secondly, I want to talk about uh, the religious fervor of evangelical middle schoolers. If you were raised like me and the things we look back on now and go, oh, no, 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 no. So we're going to talk about that because I had a lot of those uh, responses as well. I want to leave you, though, with probably the most joyful thing that I can remember. Really one of the best moments of just pure laughter that I had in all of my school time. And this was this happened in seventh grade in Mrs. Lowe's English class. She had this thing where she would give us a ball of yarn and she would have a stand at the front of the class and she would pick random people and you would unwind the ball of yarn and you would start a story. And when you reached a knot in the yarn, you would stop the story and hand the ball to somebody else. And then they would start unrolling the ball of yarn and they would tell their story, you know, picking up from where you left off until they reached a knot and so on and so on. So this particular day, she called on this guy in our class named Ryan to come and tell a story. So he takes the ball of yarn. He starts telling his story. And at that moment, Mrs. Lowe, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but she got called out of the class by another teacher. So she goes out and she tells him to continue his story. Well, he told the story for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he just started throwing that ball of yarn all over his body, like winding it around himself. And we, as a class, like an entire class, were just losing it. This was the funniest thing we had ever seen. It was like a stand-up comedy routine and he was slaying. I can remember I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. It was so funny. And by the time Mrs. Lowe came back into the classroom, probably less than a minute later, Ryan had thrown the entire ball of yarn around his whole body. And he just was completely, like, wound completely around him, covered in yarn. And her face just made it that much better. And we, she could not get that class to calm down. We, the class was over. She had lost us. The day was over. He had won. I know she sent him to the office. He got in big trouble. But the pure, unadulterated joy that that brought that day to our class, I will forever be grateful to Ryan Reed for that moment in my life in middle school. So this week I watched a comedy special on Amazon Prime that goes so well with this episode and just the middle school theme in general. It is Nate Bargatze's Hello World. It is clean. It is hilarious. I cackled. I scared my cat from laughing so hard. He talks about so many things that I just really related to, like talking about going to a sleepover with his friends when he's 12 and he had been raised to not watch any R-rated movies and they decided they were going to watch Friday the 13th and he stood up and was like, I'm not allowed to watch this movie. I just completely related to so much of it. So if you have kids, it's great to watch with them. There is nothing in it that you have to worry about. It is free. It is on Amazon Prime. Again, that's Nate Bargatze's Hello World. You need to go watch it. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Please don't forget to tune in next week for part three, the final part of our middle school conversation. I have enjoyed talking about this so much. Thank you again for sending in your comments and thank you for following and subscribing and leaving ratings on Apple podcast. It makes such a difference. You can also leave a rating on Spotify and I would appreciate that as well. And I am loving getting to virtually meet so many of you. I've had so many great conversations 
on Instagram and on Facebook with people that I haven't actually met, but we're becoming friends and I love it. So if you'd like to find me on Instagram, it's super easy. It's at Resting Church Face. And I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.